Hello and welcome to the Friends Barden Podcast. I'm your host, Clint Sabom, and very happy to be here with you. I wanted to clarify about my abilities a little bit more because I think that it's kind of the natural inclination of everyone to encounter Barden's work and be overcome with curiosity and read the entire thing and then see these abilities and wonder about them. And with someone that says he's completed the work, uh, you know, you wonder about all these individual things and all these things that could happen and how did they happen exactly? It's it's almost more curiosity than wanting to master the steps for yourself. So, you know, curiosity about these things is great because it's a motivator, but definitely don't put it on a pedestal to the point that you can't uh, go forward with the work. And so, so I had my kundalini awakening for the first time when I was a junior at Vassar College. And it happened organically. I hadn't read a whole lot of mysticism really necessarily. And all I kind of knew was a basic Christianity coming from the Episcopal Church and some of sometimes that even seemed like a little bit of a block for me with some of these mystical capacities and and this organic awakening basically happened just following a current and it was the current that i encountered in the dao de ching i read the dao de ching for the first time And it had this intuitive resonance that I probably didn't have the words for. And words were probably would have been a block anyway, even if I had. And talking to other people would have been a block. So I didn't really talk to anybody about what was going on. And I followed this intuitive resonance and kinesthetic resonance with the Tao. And I began to just wake up. And one night I I would do a a kind of meditation where I would just relax everything. And one night I relaxed so much that I just hit the base of my spine in my heart chakra and it awakened the entire kundalini and my third eye. And this was very just wonderful and magical, but it it ultimately ended up being a difficulty in integrating back into day-to-day life. I had one part of me that was a lot more advanced than the other part, you know, spirituality got ahead of psychology and it was a bit of a spiritual emergency because I needed help um, integrating the two. And luckily I saw a psychologist that was kind of an old school psychologist of the 60s and very open to spirituality as well as psychotherapy and he was able to work with me and help me with the integration. So a lot of these things for me began to happen long before I encountered Barton. 
I also then later went to a silent monastery to live for six months, and things became a lot more integrated there. Power got stronger. Willpower got a lot stronger. There was definitely a kind of uh, presence of the astral body and the soul in day-to-day life. There was a spirit opening where I was letting in the light of the Akasha, as Barden calls it, and the physical body was a whole lot more healthier and vital. And so that all happened before I encountered Barden. And I continued through the journey of life, and I encountered Barden, and I really felt like, wow, I am so lucky to have come across that because at the time it didn't seem like there was a lot of people talking about him and I discovered him as just a reference book in a quote that had used something from him and I encountered him that way. It was actually a book written by a retired professor And I even corresponded with the professor about Barden once I had read the book. And I just felt so lucky that I had read the book because I felt like, wow, okay, this is actually the next step. This is going further than where I've been. And they are practical exercises. And then I started with the Barden work. And some of the abilities came more easily than others. And um, I will say that a lot of the capacities that seem a little more magical or wizard-like or fantastic, a lot of them happened secondarily at first. And by that, I basically mean I would get so charged with the electromagnetic current and elemental balance and connection to the Akasha that light bulbs would turn on and off, objects would move, but I wasn't consciously trying to move the objects and specifically pointing at them. I was just getting in a charged space, impregnating the room, which was also secondarily. Primarily, I was just trying to get in a highly charged place. And getting in that place caused some of these things to all happen. Lighting of candles, all of that stuff, as I've always loved having an altar. You know, I've had that throughout this ever since my kundalini awakening at age 21. I've always had an altar and loved, loved, loved altars. Um, So, um, basically, yeah, that's how a lot of them happened at first. I would, and, and I have, I mean, I say I've achieved all the abilities except levitation and some of in my bio um, and some even levitation I have come off the ground but it wasn't conscious it wasn't a conscious levitation it was actually getting so much in the spirit realm and getting so much light in from the Akasha 
that it started out as this very buoyant energy and it became something that lifted me off the ground briefly. But, um, you know, I'm still very much a work in progress as I see that my task now is bringing a lot of the abilities under conscious control and being able to control them at will and control them at will all the time. And I have been able to do that some, but what happens is, you know, we still live in the world and the world is imperfect and full of problems as people in esoteric and occult circles probably know. There is a whole lot of corruption in our world, and this is a broken world, in the words of Leonard Cohen. You know, it's inherently broken, and so that's what we deal with day-to-day, and the day-to-day stuff can still get my magical equilibrium thrown off at times, so... It's a continual process, and I would say that would be true for anybody, you know, anybody that goes through initiation into hermetics all the way through step 10. It's helpful to go over all of the steps again, and that's part of the reason I'm in, and I've been over them several times, many times actually, But um, it's also part of the reason I love doing these podcasts, and it's my plan to do a podcast on all 10 steps, basically, and do them one by one, step one, step two, step three. I'll do a video on my YouTube page, and I'll do a podcast on all the steps one by one, and so, yeah, and then as far as these things like clairsentience, uh, clara, um, voyancy, um, those two came really easy to me because I'm kind of a visual and a kinesthetic learner, and so that came more easily to me. Um, that was never much of an issue. The clara audience is kind of disruptive, I feel like I don't really want you know, the, the inner voice chatting with me, but at the same time, um, it's usually positive messages, you know, it's usually positive messages for the most part. I mean, and what I like about Barden is he's going into this territory, but he's going into it as a mystic. He's going into it, you know, really as a kind of Christian Bardenist, I mean, Barden himself. Um, so there's a very ethical kind of foundation. And he does mention, you know, several times or multiple times, it's never helpful to go outside of the will of divine providence. And if it's outside of the will of divine providence, it probably is not going to happen. And so it's a good thing to get divine providence on your side. And and I, I mean, that's what I think of as God Almighty, you know, divine providence, the, the ultimate pinnacle of all, you know. So, um, and sure, you know, Barton mentions you could merge into divine providence and, 
dissolve your individuality or you could choose to come back for another another incarnation with special work to do uh the choice is yours um you don't get sucked up by divine providence and divine providence is like haha now i got you you know <laughs> you know you've got the choice to retain your personality and in, in your um uh, soul body and come back for another round so um Let's see, let's see, what else should I cover? I think the best way to do a lot of these exercises that come later in the steps is basically, um, I mean, obviously do the beginning steps first and get those down as best you can. But I think the best uh, way to go about um, some of these things is to do it with electromagnetic fluid and electromagnetic charge, a kind of sheer force, you know, when you say sheer force, it's, it's really kind of, there's a level of detachment in this. If you bear down too hard, if you kind of just grin and bear it and force it into Barden, it's probably not going to work for you. You need a kind of sense of detachment. And by that, I mean, you're not attached to all of these things. There's a part of you that has a safe space within yourself that's not necessarily touched by, you know, other people or other things, and you can maintain that. And obviously, you know, the solitary-like aspect of the monastery and people that are more solitary in their ways can get into that safe space more because they're not getting drained and sucked at by a lot of negative people. And a lot of negative people exist in the world. Um, and there's negative people in occult circles too. Um, and I, and, and I kind of don't even like the word occult, honestly, for using Barden because simply like, He's highly of the light, you know, and so a cult, I mean, and it's more cultural and, um, you know, maybe even something that comes from uh, evangelical Christianity calling the occult all scary and bad as of the devil. It's kind of got a negative connotation to it, even if that connotation is kind of unfounded in universal truth. Occult really just means hidden, you know, esoteric, the, the inner tradition that sometimes had to live in secrecy, especially during the Inquisition and other things that went on during uh, world history. And so, um, yeah, yeah. So I think the best way is to get things done electromagnetically with the odd, so to speak. I think Alephus Levi talks about that and being able to, you know, just kind of push people down with sheer force. I think before you're going to be basically like shocking people with electromagnetic current, which I have done, and knocking people down with electromagnetic current, which I have done, um, I think before, before doing that, you're going to get to a point 
where you're basically um, going to be impregnating rooms. And that's going to come towards the end of step three. And you're going to be able to banish any negativity associated with those rooms. For example, I have an episode on phantoms and ghosts. And I kind of talk about how, like, maybe I could be, um, you know, what, whatever they call it, ghost exorcist, where you come in and exorcise the ghost. Now, I wouldn't really want to take on that kind of work. I have no desire to do that. But um, it is my belief that if I went into a house with negative energy, I could probably, I could probably pray it and magically get it out of there, um, you know, but um, that's just my instinct about it, but I have no desire to do that. But yeah, you're going to be extending your, um, you know, kind of internal radius, internal force field. It, it felt to me like a force field. I mean, it kind of felt almost out of Star Wars, you know, it, it was like a force field that was protecting me and extending from me and being able to occupy that force field and extend that force field to a room or extend it to all infinity with the imagination visualization exercises. So I, I have been able to do that. Um, that having said, the, the funnest part of some of this has been the astral travel that has happened and um, plugging into the astral and going into that plane um, that's been, that's been a blast and very rich. I mean, that's just a very rich plane of wonder and enchantment. And, um, you know, not that it's completely perfect, but it is a very rich area to go into rich, rich in beauty, really. Um, if you don't get too overcome by the beauty of it all, then you can stay there. It's almost kind of like you've got to adapt yourself rather than being like, wow, this is so wonderful, so amazing. I can't believe it's happening. That may take you out of it. That may stop it. That may like be kind of a departure from it. You've, you've honestly got to stay a little more zen and grounded going into it that this is just how the universe is and that's why the theoretical part of the book is so important to read and reread and make a tool that this is the layout this is the landscape of it all that we are in and yes it's like a bit of a fairy tale but like it's basically the truth as well, and to just integrate that as the truth. And Barden's book writes about these fantastic, beautiful things uh, kind of in a dry way. There's something dry about Barden's tone a little bit. And it's almost like systematic, like a science, you know, like it's not... Um, buttered up, you know, so to speak, like some books in uh, this field can be. And so, um, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I think I've covered 
uh, a lot of it. But um, yeah, the, the later abilities, bringing them under more conscious control, more later meaning later in the, the initiation into hermetics, coming in the, the second chapter of it. Um, a lot of those are still things I'm working on integrating and bringing under conscious control rather than having them happen secondarily, um, you know, being able to do them consciously at will at any time, which is a task because that's staying in a pretty powerful, powerful self state, you know, and it can be done and I've done it. I've done it for stretches of years, you know, and, um, you know, maintaining that, that elemental balance, that magical equilibrium, the tetragrammaton, the secret of the yod, hey, bah, hey, you know, in getting into that space and then going about the day from that space and then being able to extend that and start to feel, I mean, a lot of times they get there and there's an electromagnetic charge, but you can extend that. I can extend that electromagnetic charge and get done some of these abilities. But um, it's kind of like learning anything, you know, if you're learning a language, you speak the language every day, you do exercises and grammar lessons, and then you do some more. And then you do some more and then you do some more. It's repetition. It can be two steps forward, one step back with Barden. You can get some of the capacities of the early steps and go on and get more. That's why I always recommend, because this is what helped me, the spirit training in the concentration and the visualization in some of that early spirit schooling in initiation into hermetics is so is it's more difficult than the soul schooling and the physical schooling. And it's also more ethereal and it's more mental, you know, I mean, the spiritual plane is the mental plane. And so having a strong sense of vital energy going into those exercises is very necessary. And, you know, as you will hear in my upcoming podcast about all the steps individually, you make kind of a jump into from step two to step three, where all of a sudden you're charged with elemental balance and you're impregnating rooms. And you can be like, well, where did this come from? It came from the astral mirror. It came from the theory section of the book. It came from knowing, um, you know, where everything was at in you and the elemental balance can make it easier to charge with vital energy. And now, uh, oh, another thing I wanted to mention too is if you haven't had a Kundalini awakening or a third eye awakening, that's fine. I think it can happen just doing the Barden work, but I think it will be a secondary result of doing the Barden work rather than just like something that like you're consciously trying to awaken your Kundalini, just 
seems like it, you know, it's really not going to work that way. It's going to be a secondary result of the work and it's going to be more gradual, which is always the better way. In my opinion, I feel like spontaneous awakenings doing too much too quick and spontaneous awakenings of the Kundalini um, often throw people into a complete whirlwind of instability. And Barton even talks about some of that, you know, the nervous kind of breakdowns that can happen if there's too much of a spontaneous awakening, you know, going on, or you get too high in spirit and don't have a solid soul sense and physical sense. Um, you know, you can get into, um, you know, something that Ken Wilber has written about a spiritual emergency. And so, yeah, that can basically happen. And so, um, yeah, that's always why I recommend the physical and the soul training to focus on, because that's the healthiest psychological way. And the healthiest psychological way is the soul way. I mean, in a sense, some of this is coming out of Greek mythology, you know, psyche is the soul, you know, um, and, um, so yeah, I always recommend that because the charge and the sheer force, the sheer vital energy and, um, a vital energy that is connected internally, you know, maybe, maybe not the same vital energy that is, you know, the heavy weight lifter, or though they, I mean, they can have a physical vital energy, but they may not have a soul vital energy. Although I do think weightlifting and exercise can really help this work progress a lot faster. And a lot of times with things like this, uh, we, you know, like, uh, more empathetic or sensitive people or intellectual people or spiritual people don't exercise as much. So I think a, a good exercise routine, a good stretching routine is paramount for all of this. So I, I set out this podcast to clarify about some of my abilities Yes, I've done them all, but like they're not all under conscious control. There's still a work of integration that continues with me. And with evocation, the practice of magical evocation, yes, I have done some of that, but that's continual work too, along with going back over the parts of initiation into hermetics that aren't they're not to my satisfaction. I'll say that way. I'll use my own self as the judge and the barometer, you know, they're not, they're not under conscious control to my own satisfaction. Um, so yeah, that's where I'm coming from. That said, um, yeah, I mean, I'm pretty far along in all this and, um, happy to help with coaching the, the, the advantage to coaching what the disadvantage is, I feel like kind of weird, like plugging it so much. The The advantage of it is I can meet the individual client uh, where they are at and work with their own subjective filter and where they're coming from. Because 
everybody is different. And, you know, whether it's Barden's book or whether it's my podcast, basically, um, you know, it may or may not apply as much or may apply more or less to where you find yourself at specifically. But anyways, um, yeah, I think I've covered some ground here. And then the next videos will be going through the steps one by one. All right. Many blessings to all. Take care.